glasses on. I'm at a funeral. Oh, sunglasses. Yeah. Are we live? Fuck it. Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Chaffin, along with my good friend, Artemis Brower. We're coming to you this week with episode 184. 184. Artie, how are we doing, my friend? Yo, we're good, man. We're good. Probably not as good as you. You had a you had a nice little vacation over the over the weekend. So uh got to relax, got to got to drink some Mai Tais, got to chill with the old lady. So we're doing yeah, good, man. Got in a little bit ago. Um been kind of a long day. Been up since yeah. 6 a.m. Uh, and then the whole getting off a cruise is, is always stressful. And then uh, had a five hour, four and a half hour, five hour drive back from Charleston back home to Winston Salem. Uh, but yeah, we we had a blast. Um, good, good. We we got the drink package. We figured it. We figured it out that to break even, we needed to, to drink about forty eight drinks to, in total. Mm-hmm. Uh, your boy covered. That probably on his own. Um, <laughs> with and we hit seventy two in total over over four days. Right, let, me, let me ask you this though, because Ashley and I are going on a cruise in April for her birthday. So how much did you guys do for the drink? The drinks have because I, I also had to think about buying a drink drink package myself. I, I mean, it it was I think it was like sixty dollars a day. Okay. Okay. Per person. Um, Hey, it, it got us as much coffee, soft drinks, uh, waters, but also the the uh, liquor. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't drink a single beer. I, I drank all all liquor drinks all week long. Um, nice. Sitting out in the sun, yeah, had a blast. It it, it was a good time. I mean, forty eight hours ago, I, I was just leaving Nassau in the Bahamas. And uh, now, now I'm here. Uh, I'm here in my recording studio slash office, talking to you, seeing your beautiful face. Um, yeah, I mean, we we had a blast. I feel. I don't good. know. You, you you made that comment. Do you, do you ever do you ever like think sometimes how crazy life can be? Because when I when I get back from vacations, I, I think about that all the time. Like I was just in California. Now I'm back in North Carolina at work, or I was just in Jamaica. Well, now I'm back here. At work, like that's just when you when you consider the last two weeks that I've had already, uh, in I mean, two weeks ago from today, I was in Toronto, yeah, and then spent a whole week there. Came back, then uh, the following week, the week a week to the day that I got back, I was on a cruise to the Bahamas, so lots of travel. I'm I'm a world traveler at this point. Over the last two weeks, we all should be. Um, I will say I I haven't had anybody. uh, I I haven't had anybody really. I haven't had any stamps on my new passport. I was kind of bummed out about that. I was like, oh, I'm going to get some new stamps on the passport, but that that didn't happen. Uh, But already, the people don't want to listen to me talk about how how rough. My life of travel has been over the last two weeks. 
because it's been fantastic. Um, <laughs> sorry about it, y'all. Just to throw that little dig in there. It's been phenomenal. But I, they, they, I don't want, I don't want to bore them with that too much. Um, Artie, number eighty-four. Do you have one? Ooh, ooh. You know, I don't have one that's not chalk. I was trying to find a hockey one, and I and I couldn't find a good hockey one. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was trying to find a good hockey one, and I just couldn't do it. Um, I know there's none in baseball, and if there are, I mean, that's just. Well, why are you wearing number 84 in baseball? You said what? What why would anybody wear number 84 in baseball? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like the, the only 84 that I can think of, and, and again, this is chalk, but I'm just gonna say the name just 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 to give you a name. This is a guy who's all over the place, all over the internet, all over television. Oh, I know you where know this is going. The name, you know the you know the personality. He's got 15 million shows. Uh, and that's one Shannon Sharp. That's that's literally the first name I saw when I was looking up 84. I was like, oh yeah, damn, he did wear. He did wear that number, um, and he's all over the internet right now. He's he's on my TL on Twitter, on the on the Instagram feed. So uh, Shannon Sharp, and he's more known now to the to the ones that don't know. This is a Hall of Fame tight end, one of the before the Gronks, before the Travis Kelseys, before the the um, Mark Andrews and Kittles. It was Shannon Sharp and Tony Gonzalez out here running rampant in the NFL. So shout out to him. Nice, nice. I'm going to go NFL as well. Mine is a, probably a little less chalk. Um, but I'm going to go Atlanta Falcons legend, number 84, wide receiver, Roddy White. I mean, 10-year career, over 10,800 yards, receiving 63 mm-hmm. touchdowns from a UAB. Out of UAB, uh, Roddy White, uh, former first. I saw Roddy Roddy White's name too. I I saw that. I saw that too. But I was like, he's he's an Atlanta legend, so I'm not going. I'm not going to touch. I'm not going to touch Roddy White. Yeah, (laughs) I I had I had to go that way. I mean, four time Pro Bowler, one time All Pro. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I, I see I see Josh's comment though. I I see the comment. (laughs) Y'all disrespected one of the greats. Oh no, I, I saw it, Randy Moss. No, Prince Fielder. Prince Fielder, he, he, he was good. Prince, wait, Prince Fielder wore number eighty-four for I, I three know. seasons I at the know. Texas Rangers. I didn't know that for three seasons. I, had, I know that. 14, sixteen. Okay, so Prince Fielder Jr. Yes. Okay. Wow, I, I had no idea. Twenty-three wins above replacement. I mean, come on now. Come on. I mean, that, that's a good one. That, that that That's an excellent one, actually. That's an excellent one, because I didn't know that. I did not know that. And Prince Fielder is a name. If you watch sports, you especially watch baseball, you know the name Prince Fielder. So. Uh, you could have also gone Antonio Brown. I, I, was, I was thinking Antonio Brown. I was and, thinking. But and you could have also gone Randy Moss. I wasn't going to touch the CTE there. I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, stay away from that subject. Uh, all right, Artie, some some housekeeping before we get started. <clears throat> the Boneyard Podcast, proud to be members of the Variety Sports Network. If you're watching on Boneyard Podcast YouTube, make sure you go subscribe to the Variety Sports Network. Lots of great content coming out there. Um, and if you're watching on VSN, subscribe to us at Boneyard Podcast. Um, make sure you follow all their social channels at VSN. Um, and then 
secondly, Artie, Purple and Gold Collective, uh, doing doing some big things. Got the connection with Fanatics, got the scholarship fund uh, set up and able to be where they can where they can donate to to scholarships to to ECU student athletes. Um, more to come on that. We're we're gonna we're gonna talk more about that in depth over the next couple of weeks, next couple of months. Um, but I know a lot of people are probably tuning in tonight because you know we are doing a live drawing for yeah. ECU baseball season tickets. We're not gonna do it right now. We're gonna make you wait a little bit. Um, we're we're gonna do it when we talk some baseball. We're, we're we got a uh, scooter Scott Rogers coming on the podcast here in a little bit. ECU play-by-play voice um, to break down the ECU Pirates and get ready for for the season opening series against Ryder. It's here. Finally. Finally here. I mean, at ECU, we we live for for baseball season. I mean, getting out of class, nothing's better than getting out of class on a Friday at 12 o'clock and then going and, and tailgating for two or three hours before first pitch on Friday and then doing it all weekend long. Um, so going to be a good one. Going to be, I'm excited for this season. Last year was kind of, it what it, it didn't, it left more to be desired, right? We, after so many great seasons, yeah, we, we made it to the, the tournament. That That's great. But that we've said it time and time again. Making it to the regional, making it to a super regional even, isn't the goal. The goal is Omaha, and we didn't we didn't achieve that goal last year. Hopefully this year we can we can achieve that goal. Um, all right, Artie, let's let's get into around ECU athletics. Lots, I mean, what a great weekend! ECU went six and zero on <laughs> what was it Saturday? Yeah, um, yeah, good day for for Pirate athletics. I mean, basketball one, women's basketball one, softball. I mean, softball is fucking on a heater right now. Yeah, so I saw um, some interesting. I was like, oh my god, lacrosse. <laughs> I mean, women's tennis. Like every everybody was winning. Yeah. Um, this weekend, let's uh, we're we're gonna talk through some of the the sports here. Uh, ECU basketball. I mean, huge win this weekend, beating. San Antonio UTSA to get back to 500 on the season, 12 and 12. Uh, ECU started hot. I mean, had a huge lead at halftime, let it slip a little bit in, in the second half, but were able to really hold on because of the lead that they had early on in, in the first half. Um, I mean, Brandon Johnson, career high, 30 points, yeah. seven made th- three pointers. Uh, and, I feel like the Pirates knew that this was a must-win game. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, honestly, obviously, shout out to Brandon Johnson getting that that thirty points, um, seven made three pointers, by the way, as as well. Just absolute stud of a game, awesome game. Um, anytime you drop thirty or more in college, that's that's pretty impressive. But just to get back even, get back to five hundred. I know we got Wichita State coming up, so we can actually get ourselves over the hump, get it back over. 500, which seems like for the first time in eons, um, but just good, solid team effort. We, we talk about finishing strong with this team. We know what it is um, as far as the season goes at this point. Um, we know what we are, 
But to be able to finish strong, hopefully go into the tournament with a little bit of momentum, that's the key. If you can get into the conference tournament with some momentum, with some of these guys playing well, we've all said the skill's been there, right? Like we can we can get skill guys. We know individually these guys can play. It's about being able to mesh well and play together as a unit. Um, so as long as we can get some 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 momentum going, hopefully be a game over 500, possibly two. I doubt it, but um, get some momentum going into the tournament. That's always a good thing. How are you feeling about your prediction or hope goal of ECU being five games over 500 in in conference play? Probably not, not good. Not happening, right? It's not. Gonna um, I would love to finish five games over 500 on the season. At this point, that that's that's the new goal. Try try to let's let's go on a streak. Let's get hot right right in time for the tournament. And um, I'm not saying we're going to win the tournament, but let's make some noise. Let, let's no, make some we're definitely not winning that tournament. But let, let, let's screw somebody else's tournament that. up. That, that's all. That's all I'm asking for. That part. That part. Right. Um, R.J. Felton continues. Uh, I mean, just stays hot, right? Sending his double-figure scoring streak to 16 games with his 16 points on on Saturday. Artie, <clears throat> your 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 thoughts on RJ Felton? Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, double-figure scoring streak to 16 consecutive games—that is, that's impressive. That that's that's really really impressive. Uh, so shout out goes to, to to RJ Felton. But again, I mean, my 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 overall analysis remains the same. Right. Like the, the overall team itself is is sitting at 12 and 12. So, you know, we can have these individual breakout performances. We can have, you know, I, I've never wanted to, you know, give praise for individual stats. I care about what, where the team is as a whole. You getting yours is great. Right. You go go get yours and get that bag and get the get the numbers and get the stats. And, oh, I can tell my friends and family I'm, I'm not the reason why we lose it. But overall. I need to see that overall record record and, and improve. But shout out to, to RJ Felton for continuing to do his thing because that is very, very impressive. Yeah, for sure. Uh now already on, on the flip side, women stay hot. Ladies are, are on fire. Uh I mean, they they improved to 14 and 8 on the season. Uh and and in DJ Khaled's voice another one um <laughs> wire to wire domination beating the 49ers out of out of charlotte those pesky bungholes um down there <laughs> the the only gold that was found that day w- was with ecu as they opened the game on a 12 and 0 run karina gordon i mean come on now Last year we had Amaya Joyner. She's still here, but Karina Gordon is is also just stepping up, um, and looks like the spark for for next season with big shoes to fill. On top of the win, Danae McNeil twenty points, uh, and Amaya Joyner had twenty four and thirteen rebounds. What the women are doing is what we want the what we want to see the men do, right? Scoring from from multiple different places, multiple people on the team. And consistency. Right. And if we could figure that out on the men's side, we'll, we'll be golden. But the women have figured it out. They, they've 
dropped a couple where we, I mean, sure, they should have won those. But for the most part, the women have, have been consistent all season, playing lockdown defense and hitting hitting the shots they need to hit to win. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's like the, the flip with the women is that, you know, you have Karina Gordon, you have, you know, Amaya Jordan, you have Danae McNeil. They're padding their stats, too. They're getting their numbers, you know, just like the men getting their numbers, but it's meaningful numbers. It's meaningful stats. It's contributing to team wins, right? You can have a lot of empty stats, especially in basketball. Basketball is one of those sports where, like, you can have a Steph Curry drop 60 and the Warriors still lose, right? You can have a lot of empty stats in basketball. So when you're getting your numbers and still contributing to meaningful team wins, that's the overall goal. So shout out to them because they are definitely on a heater, 14 and 8. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to think. You know the door. The door is still open for these for these for these pirates. The door is still yeah. open. Door is wide open. I mean, there, there's plenty of opportunity for the pirates um, to get into get into the conference tournament and and make another run. Yeah. Why not? Um, using Kim McNeil's quote from last year, <laughs> "Why not us?" I mean, that's that that's the mentality of of this team, right? And, and you're you got to remember you're doing it with several injuries from, from your early season starting lineup. So all in all, um, shout out to, to the women's team. Keep it up. We're, we're behind y'all. Yes. I mean, it, it's hard not to be excited for, for this, this program. Oh, facts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and then next up for the women, uh, Wednesday, so Valentine's Day. Don't forget, guys. Valentine's Day is Wednesday. Do so, not uh, forget. Yeah, do do not forget. Get a box of chocolates. Get some get some roses. Don't be lazy. You like, all work. Don't be lazy. Think about your lady. Think about your woman. Do, she deserves it. Do yourself a favor. Write her a handwritten handwritten note. Hey, that that's a yes, yes, Jared. Yes. And I maybe we'll um, just start a podcast on. On how to treat your woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you the handwritten notes. Yes, that is that is yes. Game changer, guys. If you're frustrated with with the, how things are going with you and your girl, write her a handwritten handwritten note. Even still, just just in general, just do it. I I, I do it for Everybody every appreciated at your lover. Every major holiday, anniversary, birthday, handwritten note. Right. Sometimes it just means because. you take time out of your day to let her know I am thinking about you and care about you. But hey, you know. All right. Women play Valentine's night, eight o'clock. What what a way to spend Valentine's Day with, with your loved one, watching some ECU women's hoops on ESPN plus eight o'clock against Rice. And then they they return home Saturday in the uh pink out game against Memphis at two o'clock. So get get in Minji's, get rocking. Uh, and as kind of a precursor to the men's game on Sunday against Tulane, also at two o'clock, um, which will be the Black History Month game. Uh, Artie, softball. Yo. What Good. a weekend. Goodness. Uh, I mean, started, started the season hot, six and oh, with a combined score of 54 to seven. Yes. Shout out Emma Jackson. She's been named the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week. 
had a 652 batting average, 15 hits, 11 runs, nine RBIs in the first weekend, six doubles, two home runs, one stolen base. And, and then, I mean, to tie it all together, she she did strike out once, but we'll let that slide with, with everything else that, that she did uh, over the weekend. I mean, what a slash line. Keep it up, Emma. Uh, that That's good enough for a bad-to-the-bone player of the week. Facts. Artie. That, that's that's bad to the bone. We, we don't give them out much during when it's not football season, but I, I'm going to I'm gonna say Emma Jackson, bad to the bone player of the week with, with that slash line. Um, all right, next game. North Dakota State coming in on Tuesday, and then you have the Pirate Clash this weekend playing Fairfield on Friday, Marshall on early, early on Saturday, Fairfield again on – later on Saturday, and then a doubleheader with Longwood University on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have to text one of my good buddies. He, he played baseball at Longwood. Um, Justin, Justin Mitchell, uh, maybe, maybe talk some shit to him, but already how you, how you feeling about the state of pirate athletics after, after the weekend that we just had? Well, it was a good weekend. Um, and, and hopefully we can softball's looking great. Shout out Courtney Layton. I know she's, I know she's you know, very, very proud of, of, of her former squad out here killing it and doing what they got to do. Um, but hopefully we can, we can keep it up. But I mean, obviously with baseball starting, you know, it's just good vibes starting into what is for a lot of pirate fans, the happiest time of the year, because we actually have a legitimate squad that we can really root for that we know has high expectations Right. Um, there's really no other squad on campus. We can say we, we are expecting them to do this or compete for a national championship. Baseball is a little different. Uh, so to be able to have this kind of a weekend going into the baseball season, hopefully the, these these good vibes continue um, and it just carries on. For sure, Artie. And uh... talking about good vibes. I mean. Baseball season, we all know, it meets the vibe check. Our guest tonight, he also meets the vibe check. Longtime friend of the podcast, good friend of the podcast. Our boy, Scott Rogers. Scooter, welcome to the Boneyard Podcast. How's it going, my friend? It is uh, going well, going well. Glad that uh, game week is here and we will have Pirate Baseball in just a few, uh, just a few hours, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to get any work done this week, knowing that Friday it all starts. The road to Omaha starts again, and, and we, we were talking earlier. It last year it didn't feel like some of the years previously, right? It you kind of start off slow to start the season, found your stride, but then dealt with some injuries down the stretch, and really just couldn't get everybody going in the right direction. At the at the same time, towards the end of the season, when you really need to get hot, um, what what were your thoughts after the conclusion of, of the twenty twenty three season? Yeah, I think last year, um, you know, there was there was times where they played really consistent baseball. There was times that they didn't play their best baseball, and I thought last year, you know, there was so many there were so many spurts with that team. And so putting all that together, we saw it at the end of the year last year where they were playing their best baseball down in Clearwater, that final series against South Florida, and then heading into the NCAA tournament up at Charlottesville. But I think that's one thing that 
kind of, I would say, maybe separated that team. And it's not saying that they didn't play bad baseball at all last year. I mean, 47 games is hard to do. You play for, you win 47 games, you're doing something right. Uh, and, you know, they played a tough schedule, especially there at the end. They ran into some hot teams. They saw that with Tulane, uh, a really good Virginia team in the NCAA tournament as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, last year um, just couldn't quite do it at the right time, I would say. Gotcha. And, you know, Scott, kind of kind of going into to this season, I mean, what are your kind of early predictions, early thoughts about how we're going to start this season? Obviously, we've got the homestand against Ryder to start the season. But then we open up with, you know, then, then Campbell and, and Carolina after that. What are your early predictions, early thoughts on how this uh, team's going to kind of come out the gates? I've told a lot of people that this this non-conference schedule, when you look at it, on paper, just a, a glance at this schedule, you know, if you're not a big college baseball person, you might look at it and say, eh, you know, you're opening up with Ryder. Okay, that's that's three gimme games. And you've got Columbia in, in March, you know, nobody plays nobody plays baseball in the Ivy League. You know, some people might say that, but when you look at we'll start this weekend with Ryder, this is a team that won 36 games last year. They went down to the Conway Regional and beat Coastal Carolina. Uh, beat Duke at one point last year towards the end of the year. And so they they know how to win big-time baseball games. They returned three of their top four hitters from last year. Uh, I know that because I was working on notes a little bit right before I came on with y'all, so it's still it's fresh in the mind. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, it's it's a sneaky good team. Uh, you mentioned Campbell. Campbell, you know, has put themselves in the spot where they're contenders every single year. Uh, they lost a lot of arms from last year. They got some, They have a younger roster this year, but they brought in, as they do every year, a lot of JUCO guys. They have a first-year pitching coach. They hired Wingett's pitching coach from the D2 ranks, brought him in as their pitching coach went to Liberty in the offseason. And so that team, I think, has some question marks to it. I think they certainly have the talent on paper to do what they've done the past few years. And then, as you mentioned as well, North Carolina the following weekend, which the Tar Heels have dealt with some injuries in the preseason, losing their – Friday night guy and Jake Knapp. And so I think there's a lot of questions with Carolina as well, this, especially this weekend, to see what their rotation is going to be with all the injuries. And I think that's going to be a big thing to watch heading into that series with the Pirates in two weeks. But, yes, this uh, this non-conference schedule will definitely tell a lot about this East Carolina club this year. For sure, yeah. And I, I, I think that having some consistency in the rotation – I mean, last year it's last year it seemed like there wasn't as much consistency at times. Dealt, like I said, dealt with some injuries um, on the bump. This year, Cliff Godwin, I think it was today or or yesterday, announced that the the starting rotation: Trey Savage, Zach Root, Jake Hunter. Talk to me about that starting rotation and how how it compares against a lot of the a lot of the different rotations you may see throughout the season and how it stacks up. Yeah, I think, and you know, I've told a lot of people this about this team overall, not just the pitching side, but just overall is this team is experience. And when you look at now this official rotation for opening weekend, you think experience. You obviously have Trey Savage on Friday who has been in that Friday role now for over a year. He started there last year, did a really good job, dealt with that arm soreness midway through the year last year, but still had a great end to the season. Zach Root, yes, sophomore, but had a ton of playing time last year. Of course, pitched in some big games. Got the start in the final game of the year last year against UVA. And, uh, 
in the Charlottesville Regional and did a heck of a job. And then Jake Hunter, yes, he you might not think experience when you think with Jake Hunter, but this is a guy that his first game in college, he started on opening weekend against Bryant two years ago. He was in that Sunday role then and slides back into that role now. He was in the bullpen mainly last year, had some midweek starts here and there, but a guy that has put so much work in, had a really good summer this year, uh, worked uh, really hard in the fall with Austin Knight to get better on commanding some of those pitches. And, you know, and, and the thing about this Sunday spot is, is for how many guys that were competing for that spot, for Jake to win that starter's role, I think says a lot about how hard Jake has worked because there was easily four or five other guys that could have slid into that spot with some like Chris Kaler, the George Washington transfer, Ethan Norby, the freshman, Wyatt Lunsford Chinkman was even competing for that spot. And so he definitely has earned that Sunday spot. And I think it's going to be fun to watch Jake Hunter just because he's so much improved from his last two years here at East Carolina and a guy that really wants to go out his junior year and have a great year. No. And, you know, talking about this team, you know, talking about, you know, obviously they're a team that preseason, you know, favorites to win the American, you know, obviously again, this, this is a complete team where we should have a very, very good club. What are three to maybe five guys that you would say that will have to play consistently well throughout the course of the season to keep us where we want to be? I think especially on the offensive side, you know, you think of some of those key returners with Justin Wilcox and Carter Cunningham, uh, Jacob Jenkins-Coward, Jacob Starling's another one. I think that that just that core returning group on the offensive end and position player side is going to be huge for this team because when all four of those guys – are clicking. Obviously, this team can play really good baseball. We saw that last year at the end of the year. Every single one of them was hitting the ball really good, especially Cunningham and Starling and Wilcox and those three guys were knocking the cover off of the ball at the end of the season last year. And they've done the same all throughout the fall and throughout the the spring season so far leading up the opening weekend. And so this team definitely, again, experience is the is the big thing that I think jumps out to me with this club this year. Yeah, I, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit, Scooter, and, and talk about. I mean, we all we all know Parker Bird. We know his story. He, he's, I mean, this is the year he, he's he's going to suit up. And I mean, have you thought about the call when when he finally gets in there and and he, he gets a hit? I was uh, I was on somebody else's show this morning, and they asked me the exact same question. I told them, I said, that's that's really a call that you can't prepare for because there's going to be so many emotions running through that moment, not only just with Parker, but the fans, you know, I told them this morning, I said, you know, there's not going to be a dry eye in Clark McClare stadium when that happens. Um, you know, I think that's one that you just got to enjoy the moment, let it come naturally. I think, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be anticipating it when it's going to happen. And I think that's one thing that's going to make it so much better is, when everybody sees Parker Bird walk out of that dugout and go to the on-deck circle, that's when it's going to hit and be like, okay, this is happening here. And it's going to be a – honestly, you know, anything could happen this year, and I think that's probably going to be the top moment for this club whenever that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And, and ask you about, you know, the, the, the conference, because I'm, I'm kind of curious about the American as a whole, right? Because obviously ECU preseason American uh, favorites – but how do you think this conference is going to fare overall? Is it just a one-headed monster? Is it a three-headed monster? Are there multiple teams across this conference that can actually compete on any given day? 
I think there's a lot of questions unanswered about the American this year. You know, right at the top, I think really your top three teams are going to be East Carolina, Charlotte, and UTSA. Um, you know, after that, yeah, yeah, I think it's really you know whoever is hot at the at the right time. Uh, Memphis returns a good bunch from last year. They were playing some decent baseball towards the end of the year last year. Uh, you know, at Wichita State, you know, I don't think anybody really knows what they expect with them uh, just because of how many players entered the portal with that team last year after they, for whatever reason, got rid of Coach of the Year, Lauren Hibbs, which I'm still blown away that they made that move. I don't understand how you fire the conference Coach of the Year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that team is going to be interesting to watch just because of how many moves were made with them this past offseason. Then, you know, the, the teams coming in, I mentioned Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte's going to be really good this year, I think. They they bring back a lot. They have, you know, Robert Woodard has done a really good job building that program back up to where it needs to be. UTSA had a really good year last year. They almost won 40 games. Uh, and so I think those three really are your, your top teams in the American. And then the other mm-hmm. ones that made the jump to the American this year with the new teams coming in, FAU I think probably will be – Middle-of-the-pack team, UAB, uh, if they were like they were last year towards the end of the list. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think really after those top three, four teams, you know, anything could happen in the American this year. Yeah, with that, I mean, Rice Rice has a long history in baseball, so I don't I don't expect them to, to be down for, for long. Um, UTSA, Charlotte, I, I love – I think – who was it that received the only other first place vote? Was it South Florida? I think so. Cliff, yeah, God- I think Cliff Godwin didn't want to give <laughs> his first place vote to, to Charlotte, and, and that's understandable. Um, now, talk talk to me a little bit. I mean, we hear every year, right? Like the when it comes time for the tournament, we hear it every year. ECU's been to the most tournaments without making it to Omaha. What will it take for this year to be different than? what is it, 33 other seasons? I think, you know, a lot like we saw two years ago uh, when we hosted the Super Regional against Texas is, and we see this, you know, all across college baseball. Ole Miss is a very good example of it when they won the national championship a couple years ago is you have to be hot at the right time. Yes, you can play consistent baseball all season long, but you've got to play your best baseball when it matters at the end of the year that this team has certainly done that in the past and they've been right there so many seasons it's just kicking down that door and you know a lot of it's luck too I mean East Carolina probably would be in probably would have been in Omaha twice now if luck would have been on their side with uh you know Brady Lloyd hitting that ball up the middle against Texas Tech and it hit second base or you know if um if Jacob Jenkins Cowart maybe takes a little bit better of a route against Texas on that fly ball in the outfield and they don't walk it off against you. Uh, you know, just a couple of things here and there certainly could could be an ECU's favor. And so I think a combination of all that certainly could uh, could push this team into Omaha. And, you know, you also have to have the right culture. And this team certainly has that. They've had it for so many years. And it's it's like Cliff Godwin has always said, you know, we we do things the right way. And it's just a matter of time before you finally kick down that door to Omaha. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of leading off that last question, you know, because we did have the Super Regional against Texas, and that was a classic. That was a that was a dream matchup. What 
other dream, like regional or super regional matchup would you love to not only call, but just love to be a fan of? Clark LeClaire is buzzing, the jungle's buzzing, and this team is coming into town. What does that dream matchup look like? There's there's so many out there. You know, I think someone, you know, obviously when you think of great college baseball programs, you think of someone like a Texas who's been to Omaha, you know, close to 40 times. Uh, you know, LSU's another one you think of. Ole Miss, you know, those those perennial powers that, you know, are in Omaha pretty much every year. You know, I think it would be electric to have an SEC team here for a postseason matchup. Of course, you yeah. had South Carolina back in 2009, which that was a regional and such a special. I mean, I was nine years old when that when that regional happened, and I still remember every bit of it. It was so much a, of a great atmosphere. But, you know, even, you know, if you think about the possibility, you know, let's say a, a North Carolina or an NC State or a Duke or someone like that, got sent to Greenville in a super regional, you know, that would obviously be an electric atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone like a UVA, you know, we've seen when UVA comes to town, especially two years ago for that regional, how, how packed it was, you know, there's just so many programs that would make it electric, but I think regardless of who that opponent is, it's going to be rocking no matter yes. what, you know, it, you know, there's only so many times that East Carolina has said they, could, they posted a super regional, obviously. And so if fans know the importance of it and they know how much of a difference they make in big time games like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went on a, as I was talking about on, on the beginning of the show, I was, I was on a cruise this past weekend and, and one of my friends that was on the cruise was, is a huge UNC baseball fan. And, and um, she graduated from, from Chapel Hill and, I was talking to her about ECU baseball and she, I, I was surprised she didn't, she didn't know how, how important baseball was in, in Greenville. So talk to me like from your point of view, I mean, we all see it every single week. I mean, it's, it seems like every weekend is a sellout when, when the big teams come into town, it's always a, seems like a record breaking attendance. I, I feel like we break the attendance record multiple times every year. Um, that difference, like, have you talked to any of the guys about what that difference means to them? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and they totally get it. You know, they, you know, I think Carter Cunningham has said it the best, you know, when they, you know, and everybody talked about it media day this year when they interviewed players. They talked about how good the atmosphere is here, and that's what, you know, brought them to East Carolina. I know Jacob Starling talked about it at media day this year where, you know, and he was recruited to come here, didn't really know a bunch about East Carolina baseball, didn't know a ton about East Carolina overall. And, you know, when they come, when he came here on his recruiting visit and saw the crowd and saw the atmosphere, you know, he was just blown away by, by it. And that was one thing that sold him on East Carolina. And so I don't think a, a lot of people realize, you know, just how big of an impact it makes, not only those games against your powers like North Carolina and NC State, but when you have three to 4,000 people there against teams like Ryder or Columbia or places or teams like that, that says a lot. And, you know, there's a lot of the quote unquote group of five teams that cannot say that, that they have three to 4,000 people on hand pretty much every single night. And that's one thing that separates East Carolina from so many others. When you talk about the crowd support. Yeah, absolutely. And Scooter, one of, one of my last questions for you, I, I just want to ask, what's a, um, What's an under-the-radar matchup for this season in particular, looking at the schedule? Um, obviously, you got your heavy hitters. you got your you got your, your, your name brands. But what's an under-the-radar matchup you're looking forward to 
Under the radar matchup. Hmm. That's a tough one. You know, obviously, I, I, you know, I would say this weekend is a good one with, with what Riders got coming back, how good they were last year. But, you know, when I think of, you know, under the radar matchups, I think the Duke game towards the end of the year is one you could look at. Duke's going to be, I think, really good this year with what they've got coming back. That Columbia series is one that, you know, you can keep your eye on. But I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, I was saying you look at the schedule and the names don't necessarily jump out to you. But the LeClaire Classic, I think, this year is going to be really good. Purdue is always a solid program in the Big Ten. Cal State Fullerton is making their way back up to what they used to be. And then Southeastern Louisiana has always been a solid program. And and I think overall that LeClaire Classic is probably the most underrated or under the radar matchups you can see and that's not just the east carolina matchups that's the non-ecu games in that tournament as well that's why i yeah. think that whole weekend is going to be a great weekend for college baseball in greenville love it for sure jason dietrich making his that's way right. back to, to greenville north carolina that game will be on saturday ecu versus cal state fullerton um scooter right before we let you go i i'd like to ask i think we asked a lot of these questions last year but um I'd like to ask them again, see see if you've got any other any any different answers. Um as far as guys on the team, you talk about the culture, right? The culture on this team is, is phenomenal. These guys have fun, they're best friends. What's maybe a story that you can share, right? Don't don't tell us anything that you can't share, but um what what's maybe a story that hasn't been brought to light that that you've seen kind of playing the Playing in, in the background or, or behind the scenes? Um, I don't really know about a, a story. Um, I, I did mention one on the air that kind of got a lot of attention last year with uh, Carter Cunningham's zookeeper moment where he uh, we were we were eating breakfast up in Cincinnati last year. And I I have no idea how the topic came up. But he started asking, you know, people what they would do if they weren't doing their job. And he said he would be a, a zookeeper and looked at me and he said, you look like you'd be a park ranger. And I was like, Okay, thanks. (laughs) But, you know, stuff like that is the things that people don't get to see. But, you know, the one thing that, you know, that always catches my attention is, you know, when they're when they're traveling, when we're in airports, they're they're being college kids. They're cutting up with each other. Uh, You know, they're goofing off, but still doing it in a in a professional manner. Um, That's just that's one thing about this group is they're they're so close. You know, they they treat everybody like their brothers. Um, it, it's just so fun to be around them and and travel with them throughout the year and get to know all the players kind of on a, a personal basis. And the same thing with the coaches, you know, just talking with them and hearing stories from, you know, previous coaching stops or interactions with other coaches or players they've had is, is some of the stuff that you wouldn't hear unless you're around this team for so many days on end. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, I wouldn't say there's one story that really sticks out except for that uh, – that Cunningham story, that certainly has been one of the, the funnier moments that we've had off the field that I'm I sure. can share. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I'm sure there's others that, that we, we could maybe discuss off air. But um, now, who, I mean, is Carter Cunningham, it, who, who's the who's the guy that keeps things light in, in this locker room? The guy that keeps things light. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, Moylan, Moylan used to be. Yeah, I could see he that. Was, Friend of the podcast. Was, yes. Uh, Jacob Jenkins Cowart certainly keeps things loose 
at times. Ryan McChrystal has a very good sense of humor as well. Rhino is a uh, Rhino is definitely one of my favorites when it comes to uh, to doing to to getting to know off the field. He's a uh, he's an interesting cat. I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, uh, those three were are certainly ones that come to mind. And again, I haven't met any of uh, the new players yet, and so uh, that that answer could change once we get towards the end of the year. Love it. Well, you'll you'll have to let us know. Um, we're we're always looking for good interviews, and the the class clowns t- tend to tend to be the best ones to have on on the podcast. Yes. Uh, h- hence why hence why we ask you to come on so much, <laughs> uh, Scooter. Um, all right. Well, lastly, uh, this this is a baseball question. I, I wanted to ask, like, we talked about some of the returning stars from from last year. Who's maybe the one guy you're looking to break out? I mean, uh, we've all heard a lot about Dixon Williams. Talk, talk to me about who you think is going to be like the, the breakout candidate for this year. I think, you know, Dixon certainly is one of those. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people are still really interested to see what Bristol Carter can do this year. Uh, you know, such a talented freshman. Luke Nowak has certainly gotten better as well. But the one that I'm – he he – you probably won't see him a ton, especially at the beginning of the year, but Colby Wallace is a name that had a really good fall, uh, had a, has had some really good weekends in these scrimmages. Uh, you know, he's one that certainly jumps out when you say, hey, I want to see what this guy can do in game action. But when you look at guys that will be playing probably a little bit more, uh, you know, I, I would hope that that would be Dixon Williams. You know, he didn't get a ton of playing time last year. Uh, but has certainly, you know, worked his butt off in the offseason and in these scrimmages preseason-wise here in the spring. And so he's a guy I think that certainly is primed for that breakout role because he's got so much talent and he's got the ability to do it as well. For sure. And uh, last thing I'll leave you with, Scooter, is you have the official Boneyard Podcast endorsement to be the play-by-play voice (laughs) of, of the Pirates moving forward in all sports. So, uh, yes, ha- have that. You, you've got it. You've got our stamp of approval. <laughs> we'll, we'll have you back on throughout the season. Um, as, as you are able I, I know travel will be insane, but, um, thank you for your time. Uh, and lastly, I, I, we asked you last year, but go ahead and, and tell everybody again, what is your sup dogs order? Well, it has, uh, it has changed here recently. Nice. You know, it, nice. it used to be the, I used to always get the bacon cheese fry burger. That was like my classic, my go to thing. But recently yeah. I have switched it up and gone with the cheesy bacon delight dog instead. Yep. And okay. that has been, that's been my go to the past couple of weeks there. And it has hit the spot every that, time. That is the, that is the true maturation uh, of a pirate as they mature from the world class. Classic bacon cheese fry burger to the cheesy bacon delight, double the dog bacon cheese fries. And my gut probably probably likes that I'm not getting a bacon cheese fry burger every time I go there as well. Luckily. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you you are a hundred percent. Um all right. Well, Scooter, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Uh break a leg out there. I don't know if that's what something you tell announcers, but <laughs> do, do what you need to do. Um, and, and we'll be following along. Tell everybody where they can find you and, and listen to you as the season goes on. Yeah, all season long on uh, 94 3 to game. We got a couple games on uh, here in the early season that'll be on 103.7 WTIB just because of some basketball 
conflictions here and there at the same time. But mm-hmm. uh, pretty much all every single game on the 94.3 to game locally in Greenville than anywhere streaming on the IBX media app. You can uh, download it on the App Store or Google Play and hear us anywhere in the world. I, uh, it was kind of cool. Back in, uh, I think it was October, there was a couple from Greenville that now live in Costa Rica and ran into them at Cubbies here in Greenville. And they said that they listened to me and Coach O every game in Costa Rica. And that was, like, awesome. mind-blowing to me. Like, I have someone listening to me in, in Costa Rica. That's just yeah, that's freaking awesome. awesome. It's freaking awesome. But, yeah, that uh, it, it's amazing how broad of a uh, spectrum that when you're on streaming and have an app like that that you can reach. Yeah, I, we were at one point the number three p- listen sports podcast, and I, I want to say it was Nigeria. And, and Artie and I were like, "What in the hell?" <laughs> hey, maybe we got some pirates in Nigeria. I mean, <laughs> Somalia, maybe. Um, <laughs> sorry, that that was that. I, I, all right, no, I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I got the reference. I got the reference. We're the captain now. Um, all right. Scooter, best of luck this season. We'll, we'll have you on throughout the year um, to talk more ECU baseball. Th- thanks again for, for joining right. us. Appreciate Absolutely. It. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Once again, that was Scott Rogers, a.k.a. Scooter, play-by-play voice for ECU baseball. Always love having him on. Yeah. Good friend of the podcast. Um, Make sure you check him out at 94.3 The Game and 103.7 WTIB. Um, where, I mean, and then also, I, I guess, the Playfly sports app where, where you can listen to, to all the game broadcast. Um, Artie, Yo. it's time. Do my bet. It's time. Was it Bruce Buffer? Yep, my best Bruce Buffer impersonation. We're going to pick somebody to win season tickets in the jungle, courtesy of Head Case and the Purple and Gold Collective. It's big, y'all. Here we go. Uh, let me pull it up so y'all know that it is completely random. Can, can you yes. see my screen? Here we go. Hold on, I don't see my name on there. What's what's wrong with that? You didn't enter. That's on you. <laughs> Shout out, Kendall Paramore. Okay, Kendall okay. Paramore. Shout out to you. You have just won season tickets in the jungle to ECU baseball. Uh, Purple and Gold Collective will be reaching out to you um, as well. So, Kendall Paramore. What a Congrats, win. Kendall. What a win. That's Artie. That, that's big. That I mean, that that's big. I mean, you your whole spring, early summer, it, I mean, you, you know what your plans yeah, are now. I can promise you, if I was living in Greenville right now, that that's that's the spring plans. We're we're, we're heading out to the jungle. We're gonna we're gonna be in that atmosphere and that environment, watching these games like that's what I'm doing if I'm living in Greenville right now. So it, it's a whole ass party, and you're going to be a part of it. Kendall Paramore, shout out to you. Um, all right, Artie, anything else that we need to cover? Uh, 
He knows everything, man. Walk the plank. Do you have a walk the plank? You know, I I do have a walk the plank. Um, and it was gonna be Travis Kelsey completely just going ape shit on on <laughs> Andy Reid for no reason. Um, but I figured that was a little too much. Like they've been talking about that all day. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip gears here. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go somewhere else, and this is actually an NHL one that I'm actually gonna do. Oh, I think I know where you're going. And the one that I'm gonna do is Maple Leafs Morgan Riley yep. cross-checking Ridley Greg or Ridley Greg. How I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Yep. But cross-check that man in the face after he did do a empty net slap shot. Now I'm gonna say walk the plank to both of these gentlemen. Number one, the empty net slap shot. I don't know too much about hockey, but I do know. That when the game is essentially over and it's an empty net, you don't do that kind of a just just a. I mean, that was a very like over the top like oh like stick it like like it, it, it's like bat flipping when when you get a home run and your team's up thirteen runs right and it's the, the opposing team has, has a has a position player pitching or it's like if somebody were in the NBA and time was running out. And nobody's playing defense. You're already up 25. You hit a three, and right? you like, you either hit a three or you. I, I would equate it more to like you just crash the rim and and yeah. throw it down. Posterizing, like, yeah. Like just it's put. It's just unnecessary. So, but you're telling both to walk the plank. I'm telling both to walk the plank. The reason why I'm saying that is because I like the retaliation. It's hockey. I get the retaliation. There should have been a retaliation. You can't just be doing empty net slap shots like that and just think you're going to just walk away all willy-nilly. What I had a problem with was to the face cross-check. That really, really could have caused some serious injury. Again, I'm cool with the retaliation. There should have been a retaliation. But like cross-check that man to the chest or just score up with him. Like You ain't got to hit that man in the face like that. That was like... To me, it was just too much. Like, it was just a little. It was a little too much. Like he really, really hit that man hard in the face. It could have broke a jaw, could have broke a nose, could have broke anything, hairline fracture, whatever. But um, I'm more so say walk the plank to uh, Ridley Gregg, who was the one that actually initiated that confrontation anyway. But to both of them, walk the damn plank. The slap shot was unnecessary. The cross check to the face was unnecessary. So they can both. <laughs> Artie, I'll say this. I, I didn't have much internet when I was on the cruise, but I saw that. Um, and what I'll say is I, I understand the point of view of, oh, the slap shot was too much. But if I say what I said last week about the NHL, mm-hmm. where I said the NHL needs to be better at marketing itself and and have more guys that – are willing to kind of stir things up. Also guys that are trying, I mean, that's what happens. You have these guys that are fourth liners that are trying to make a name for themselves in the league. They're trying to stir the pot a little bit, get noticed by their front, their front office so that they stay there in the national league. Right. Um, And, and I think, I think that's what Ridley's doing. Okay. I, I, I think he's, Look, he's not he's he's a nobody. I until that video came out, I as a hockey fan, I had never heard of him. And I can tell you most yeah. players on most teams, right? Yeah. I had never heard of this guy. He's he's an up and comer. This guy is trying to make a name for himself. 
and show like, hey, I don't give a shit. That that's part of what you see in, in old time hockey, where guys, if they didn't have what it took to make a name for themselves as a, as a scorer or a, a sniper or or a playmaker, a top six forward, top four D man, they're just going to kind of be a depth guy. They had to make a name for themselves by doing something, stirring the pot, doing doing a little extracurricular stuff. So I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. I look, my I, I say the same thing about baseball. I say the same thing about football. Same thing about basketball. That's what I. This is what I love about sports. I love these guys that that play until the whistle is final. The whistle's done. Horn sounds. Whatever. You play. You play to the end. Right? Yeah, was the slap shot a little excessive? Maybe. But at the end of the day, who really gives a shit? Right. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's really not that big of a deal. It's not. But I also understand the I, retaliatory action. I, and I understand I understand the retaliatory. So I, I'm not telling him to walk the plank for that. Hey, grab his jersey, get in his face, have right. a little scrum, do whatever it's you need to do. Across the face. <laughs> but yeah, you can't you can't cross check somebody in the face. Um so on that point, like walk the damn point, Morgan Riley, um, and, and that, that that that's where I was gonna go on my walk the plank party. So you, you stole mine, uh-huh. um, but it, it's well, all good. Like man, it's, it's all good. I yeah I, and I, I, I it, it's a soft walk the plank for me. Like yeah. you, you could you can you can crawl the plank. For all I care, I don't. I don't <laughs> like you're. I, I'm not going hard on that one, just because I. Hey, I played the game. I, I played a tough style, in hockey when I did play, and knowing that that's what some guys have to do to get noticed and to keep their job, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna be upset about it. And Morgan Riley, good on him because the Toronto Maple Leafs. That that is hockey mecca. And if nobody had done anything, the fans would have been calling the whole team soft. Yeah, facts, facts. So Morgan Riley did what he needed to do. The way he went about it probably wasn't the best. Give him a slash to the back of the back of the thigh, grab his jersey, give him a face wash, and and be done with your day. Maybe talk some shit. It and then next time y'all meet up, all right, may, maybe let, let's drop him. Okay, you're you're not gonna remember. You're not gonna forget that. Um, and that's a rivalry that we need in hockey. Ottawa and Toronto, mm-hmm. the Battle of Ontario. That that's a that's a rivalry that we need. O- Ottawa, not been very great for the last five ten years. They're they're gonna be coming back. They they've got pieces there um, to be good again. But yeah, Morgan Riley walked the damn plank. You can't cross check somebody in the face. Um, NHL Department of Player Safety walked the damn plank. Uh, Brendan Dillon got a penalty for what I thought was a it, it was a borderline hit. He got a, a two game suspension for it, but earlier in the season didn't get anything, not even a penalty, when he cross checked Andre Svechnikov in the ribs, breaking his ribs, causing him to to miss several weeks. So, Department of Player Safety, you can't just pick and choose. Yeah, be black and white with it. 
George Peros, that's on you. Um, all right, Artie, you. That's all I got. Uh, last last thing, we're less than a month away, Artie, until sports gambling is officially open. I'm so excited here in the oh. state of North Carolina. Artie, I'll say I I, I gambled on on the cruise. Yeah. Did we hit? Not not great, not great, but um, it, it, it was all good. We all right. we We're had no life savings on this, like some other people are doing. So it, it, no, I I was in there with some people that I was like, man, y'all are see y'all are doing a lot. Y'all are doing way too much. I actually saw a former ECU football player at the casino on on the cruise. Uh, talk to him for. Oh, you should have yeah. mentioned this earlier. You saw a former ECU football player. You're just not mentioning it. Yeah, uh, from from the Shane Card and Justin Hardy era. Talked to him, talked to him quite a bit on the cruise. What's the name? Drop the name. Uh, I, I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to put his stuff out there like that. This I'm, I'm not gonna say who I saw. I'll, I'll tell you off off air. I'll tell you off air. Yeah, I talked to him a couple of times. Saw a lot of ECU people. We're on recording the- an ECU podcast. I'm just going to casually tell you, I just ran into an ECU football player on the cruise. But yeah, it's not. It's not well, he heard me talking to somebody else, and and I when I talk to somebody, I, I do what a podcaster should do. And if you're an ECU fan, I, I kind of ask some probing questions on how much do you watch ECU? How much do you care about ECU sports? Mm-hmm. Before I, I drop, oh, well, check out the podcast. Um, and then I guess I didn't notice him there. Uh, and I was talking to this guy, another guy that was – we were standing around the table watching some people play blackjack. And um, he heard me talking about covering ECU. And, and he said, how long have you covered ECU? And I said, about four and a half years now. But but we've done – I said, I've been an ECU, uh, ECU fan for over a decade and, and since, I, since I was a freshman. And he was like, oh, well – I played with with Shane Carden and Justin Hardy. That that's that I'll, that's enough of a hint. Um, I'll, he he was a skill he was a skill guy. I'll, I'll say that. Um, okay. Now lives in Charleston. I'll I'll say that too. Um, not a bad place to live. Not a bad place to live at all, Artie. All right. Well, I think that that about does it. Um, good episode. Episode one hundred eighty four of the Boneyard Podcast. Getting close to two hundred, baby. We get close yeah. to two hundred. We're gonna have to figure out a, a guest for episode two hundred. Yeah. We've been working on it here lately. We're we're trying. We're we're gonna get somebody big. Um, make sure you subscribe to Variety Sports Network. Uh, check them out. Thank you for all their help. Follow us on social media at Boneyard Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Boneyard Podcast, and then at the Boneyard Podcast on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube. Leave us a five-star review wherever you listen. You're best friend of the podcast for life. Anything lower than that, you can walk the damn plank. Shout out Purple and Gold Collective. Web head case for the tickets. Uh, and then shout out to Kendall Paramore uh, for for signing up and, and winning those tickets. I see, I see John told us not to tell them unless they're listening live. John, this will still be in, in the episode. And, uh, and I'll make sure that Purple and Gold Collective does contact him or her. I, I, don't, I don't know Kendall personally, so don't, don't want to assume anything. But, uh, yeah, Artie, let's hey, get the hell out of here. What he said, baby. 
Look, as always, Fire Nation, we love you. We appreciate you tuning in every single week to listen to these two knuckleheads. Josh, as always, on the ones and twos. Thank you, my brother. Wash your hands, wash your butts. Deuce. Goodbye. <laughs>